Good morning, church. Welcome to the fourth week of our Summer of Worship series. So we began this journey by looking at Jesus preparing the disciples to serve. And he did this by speaking to them on being commissioned, conditioned, courageous in their journey. And this week we're going to hear how in Matthew, the fourth C is being introduced as being confident in how we serve. So clearly, if you're hearing this message, you're unable to join us for our 11 a.m. in-person worship. So you know what to do. Grab your cup of coffee or your glass of sweet tea, and let's settle in and hear what God has in store for each of us today. So this morning's scripture, we're still in Matthew 10, but now we're going to be looking at verse 23 through 28. So go ahead. Grab your Bible, open your Bible app, but make your way to Matthew 10. We're going to start in verse 23. So verse 23 says, When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly, I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The student is not above the teacher, nor the servant above his master. It is enough for the student to be like their teachers and servants to be like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household? So do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Ouch. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer before we jump into today's scripture. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we ask that you open our hearts and our minds and help us to receive your message today. God, help us to apply it to our lives and help us to share your word to others that are that are craving to know you more. God, help us to walk in the promises that you've given to us according to the scriptures. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen son, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. So as we continue our journey through the six seas of serving, you know, Confidence is sometimes the one place we do not feel worthy of standing. And maybe it's just me. Maybe you're very confident in, in where you're at along your faith journey. But there's sometimes where I don't feel like I should be standing there. I start second guessing myself. And that's where the enemy likes to find us. So in the scripture, Jesus is, he's being completely honest with the disciples about what they can expect. You know, I don't know about you, but if 
if I know someone is going to react a certain way, then it's actually easier for me to stand in confidence because I'm not caught off guard by their reaction. But when I don't know how they're going to react, then fear does set up. It sets up inside of me and starts breaking down my confidence. But Jesus wanted the disciples to be aware of the difficulties they would face from adversity. I know that times and cultures, you know, they may have changed, but the actual needs of humanity really doesn't change much from generation to generation. The issues of the heart during the time when scripture was written are still plaguing humanity today. The enemy still tries to hinder and defeat every believer who is committed to serving the Lord. Sadly, hearing scripture today is really not the desire of many hearts. Voices are silenced or hindered from sharing the good news. I can't help but think about some of the commercials and, and I don't know if you're a gun advocate or not, but there's one that always comes about about every two years. And it says, um, you know, it's not a gun issue. It's a heart issue. And I think if we really examined our hearts, I'm talking about our own hearts, not judging each other. If we really examined our own hearts and took whatever issues are burdening our hearts to the Lord, if we just said, God, help me with this. I honestly, truly, deep down believe that a lot of things about society would change. You may not be on the same page as me, and that's fine. That's just where I'm at in my faith journey. So as Jesus is talking to the disciples, you know, this mission is not easy, and it's definitely not for the uncommitted. We have to be very determined. We have to be confident and very faithful in who God has called us to be, in who the Lord is. And we have to know that the Lord will carry us through the fire of our trials. So let's jump into today's scripture. In the opening verse, Jesus actually warns the disciples of the encounter they will face. He doesn't say that if they are persecuted, but he said instead, when they are persecuted. Jesus knew it was coming. The enemy wants nothing more than to see the work of the Lord stopped. If the enemy could strike fear in the hearts of many by attacking just a few, then that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to attack the strong, those that are really strong in their faith, so that those that are new in their journey will question, do I really want to go down this route? But regardless of how long you have served the Lord, you know the enemy will attack you every way possible. So if we're, if we're not being attacked, again, this is my point of view where I'm at in my faith journey. If we're not being attacked, then we are not posing a threat to the enemy who's trying to claim souls. Amen? And if we're not being attacked, then we must be holding hands with the enemy. Amen? We're not challenging him. But... When the enemy attacks me, 
I have to be honest with you. I start praising the Lord because there's got to be something positive I'm doing for the kingdom if the enemy feels the need to attack me and try to stop me. I might not necessarily know what I'm doing, but I'm doing enough to make the enemy angry. So I start praising the Lord. Jesus in the scriptures, he's saying that when they're persecuted in one city, go to another. In other words, you know, if they if they didn't want to hear the good news in that city, that's okay. Go to another. The disciples were not expected to stay in one place and be abused by those that refused to hear the word of God. Same goes for us. There are those, we've already talked about it these last couple weeks, there are those that are not going to want to hear the word of God. Pray for them anyways. Cover them in prayer because they will have a day when they have a come to Jesus meeting. And, and while some will not be receptive, others will be. And that's where we need to praise God. Those that are not willing to accept God or hear God's word, their decisions will bring their own consequences that puts them in God's hands for whatever God's will is. All we can do is keep on keeping on. But, you know, Jesus was telling them that there is an urgency. Scripture tells us that the disciples would not be able to complete their task by making their way through Israel before the Son of Man comes. Now, I'm sure this was a bit confusing because they were looking at the Son of Man who was telling them this. But what Jesus was saying was he would be revealed as Christ. He would offer himself as atonement for sin and, and he would rise on the third day before their task could be complete. We must remember that, that life is only a vapor in the wind. That day will come without warning. The trumpets will sound, the clouds will roll back. So we have to complete our task. There is an urgency. And as Jesus said to the to, as Jesus said that the, the servant is not above the master, he was trying to tell the disciples that no one is better than the other, especially in the eyes of the Lord. We all serve one God. We're all on the same team. I don't care what denomination you're with, and I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just being honest. Again, this is where I'm at in my faith walk. I don't, I don't care what denomination you're in. We're all on the same team. We're all praising the same God. We're all commissioned to share the good news. I wish so desperately that different groups would stop thinking one is better than the other because we're all equal in God's eyes. We're either in obedience to his will or we're not. It's really that simple in my, in my view. And Jesus, you know, he tells them that he was willing to endure the difficulties. We and the disciples had to be willing to do the same. And I know in society, there's this victim mentality that has become the, more, the norm. And some even point a finger at God for letting evil run wild or allowing the suffering. And, and if it's God's will, but he hasn't done away with it, 
then he doesn't love us or he's not providing for us. But let, let me just remind everybody, because I actually had this conversation just a few days ago. If God did away with all the evil, remember that we are sinful in our flesh. That means that we are on the end where the spectrum of evil is. We are not outside of evil. And, and when I say that, I mean like for someone to say, I wish God would just do away with all evil. Okay, well, first of all, you're asking God to murder. So you just had a murderous thought. We have to really do a lot of self-examination and really be careful what we speak so that we don't look like hypocrites. And trust me, no one wants to be held in accountability for their own actions and decisions a lot of times. I see that. I encounter that. So many want to live in areas where they can just be in free will and make decisions, but they don't want consequences. They don't want, they don't want consequences for their decision because in their bubble, everything they're doing is right. We forget again, it's not me saying what's right and wrong. It's what God says. That's where I have to maintain my balance. That yes, I make decisions through my free will, but there are consequences. And those consequences come according to what God says sin is. Okay, so let me change gears here because I feel like I'm about to get on a soapbox and I really don't want to do that. But Matthew goes on to say that if we're called, um, if they're called master of the house of Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his house? So what Jesus is saying is Jesus had actually been accused of doing the work of the enemy. So he's saying to the disciples if they accused Jesus of being from the house of Satan, how much worse would they accuse the disciples and all that follow him? You see, it's real easy in, in today's society too, you know. If people um, don't like the way things are going, they'll instantly put a label on it as if to shun it. And everybody jumps on a bandwagon. Same thing happened back in the time of Jesus. But Jesus wanted the disciples to remain focused, to be committed uh, as they were being commissioned for the task that was very much the priority, which is sharing the good news. And he wanted them to be uh, courageous and confident in who God is. Same is true for today. Jesus even goes on to say, fear not those who oppose the disciples. You know, they may try to physically harm or slander the work of the Lord, but truth always prevails. Truth always comes to surface. What the enemy does in the dark to cause fear, shame, and guilt is always brought into the light of the Lord. God always brings the truth to the surface and exposes every evil deed and lie. God will provide wisdom to overcome the attacks of the enemy. He will also vindicate those who do his work and are wrongly accused. 
You know, on the day of judgment, truth will be revealed in every single life, in every single decision. No one enjoys being ridiculed or abused. The truth that Jesus speaks of cannot be denied even to this day. Our loyalty must be to God and not to man who threatens us. So remember, if you're strong and you're courageous and the enemy can break you down, then he will do that in order to cast fear into those that have not found their confidence in the Lord yet, which makes them be more submissive to the way of the enemy. So here's my question. Do we really stand in confidence and boldness in our faith? Are we really confident and bold in who God is? Do we really know? Have we searched that? The reason I asked this, I had someone say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Genesis, in the beginning, God created. But where is God now? God is everywhere. And friend, if you can't see God moving in your life or the lives around you, then the enemy has got you focused in the wrong area. Stand bold. Dive into scripture. God is everywhere. As we close out today, let's lift our hearts to the Lord. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you for all your mercy and grace and protection and forgiveness and peace and unfailing love and, and the redemption of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for a spiritual awakening in our hearts, in our communities, in our churches, in the world, and especially with all of our leaders. Lord, we pray that you will open the hearts and minds for deeper understanding of your word, as we prepare for your second coming. And Lord, now we ask that you just draw us closer every single day so that Christ can dwell in our hearts more and more and our actions will reflect that. And God, now we pray with one voice the way you taught your disciples to pray so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please know as you go forth this week that I'm I'm praying for God to move in your life, around your life, in the lives of those uh, in just in your inner circle. I pray that he moves so much that you're just overwhelmed with joy and peace and that you continue to see the work of the Trinity as you praise him for all that he does for us. Always remember, until next time, speak life, be a blessing. Put your faith feet into action to cause a positive ripple effect. Much agape, everybody.